0: All set. Yes. How are you doing, William?
1: Yeah, going good. Thank you very much.
0: Um, I just want to thank you for being here. And uh, I Dan said that stop saying this, but I'm still going to say <laughs> it. thank you so much for being here and supporting the new kids on the block. I think we're very new um, and uh, we're very hungry to learn. So I'll just give you a little bit about us. So the show is uh, Game of Life. <laughs> this is Daniel. I'm Herman. Daniel is a comedy nerd I'm a photography nerd and uh, I do don't I don't do it professionally but as a a hobby I've Mm. always been into landscapes and it just uh, it it felt always felt like home to me when I was doing photography and um, I've been I've been a fan of your work for a very long time and uh, there's something um, I noticed in your work Um, I'm a very big fan of light and contrast in your work and this i think everyone has their own style everyone has, has their own thing and when i look at your work it feels like i'm looking at a like if you look at a profound piece of art and you, it takes you somewhere it takes you mentally it takes you somewhere and like yes it's very um you know it's it's, it's profound and let me start by going very deep because I don't know. It's To me, photography and psychology go hand in hand. So let me ask you about this. What does photography mean to you?
1: Straight, I the, straight <laughs> to the deep. <laughs> I love it.
0: Start at the deep end.
1: No, <laughs> mm, oh, man. mean, um, yeah, I don't know if you've heard me speak before or any other stuff, but, mate, photography for me is, it's a lifesaver, really. It's um, something that come into my life uh, in the midst of, battling depression in my early to mid-20s and um you know to cut a long story short the, the camera became something that I used as an outlet and and it literally just completely changed my life and changed the way I see the world and it's become my career I've moved to New Zealand from Australia because of photography and it's just changed everything mate and yeah, to this day, even though it's something that I do for a living um as a landscape photographer, I mainly teach. So I'm running workshops and that's pretty much it, yeah, teaching and guiding, really taking people out there in the field. But um, you know, it's just something that is still so important to me, even as a hobby, like as an outlet, it always, yeah, every photo I take is still for me. Um, and it's just that, yeah. So like, what does it mean to me? It means everything. It's it's hard for me to reflect back on my life before photography because it's been maybe 12 years now and, yeah, it it was just this real pivotal point in my life where my life could have went one direction or or another and this is the the way that it's gone and, yeah, it it is quite wild to look back on at my life before photography and then see where I'm at now and how it is just such a major part of my life and, yeah, I'm 30, 35, so, yeah, it was in those, you know, early to mid-20s and, you know, I feel like for every person that's a pretty pivotal point in your life anyway and yeah for me now it's been a third of my life having photography and it's hard to imagine not having photography in my life so yeah just try and sum it up anyway
0: (laughs) when i was writing this question i thought to myself i'm not going to ask this just in the beginning because it's a very (laughs) deep question I just ended up asking. You've got to lead up
1: to it, mate. No, nah, it's good. Straight to the point, man. But, um, yeah, my, it cut to the chase, you know, that's just what it is. It's And it sounds cliche, I guess. You hear other people with passions and careers and that. But, yeah, literally for me, it, you know, whether I call it a lifesaver or I don't, but it's just something that I feel like was given to me, a blessing that I was able to then use to lead me out of a certain place and just change everything about my life in every single way imaginable.
0: Yeah. Since we're since we already into the deep end now, can you take us to the point? I think every photographer has that one moment where they pick up a camera and they realize, okay, this is it. That's now we're home. Mm. Like, this is I can do this for the rest of my life. It's a very funny feeling. You can't explain that to someone. Can you can you take me back? Take us back to that moment?
1: Mm, yeah, good question. Good point. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, so I lived in Wollongong. Um. South of Sydney, there on the coast, and groups lived there my whole life, born and raised. But I wasn't really a big coast person or beach person. I used to skate skateboarder, so I stayed away from the water. You know, I didn't want anything to do with it. I was just skating all the time. And then, yeah, with photography, obviously, you get drawn to nature. And I used to just, I was taking photos in the backyard initially, and. Uh, even just started off with the iPhone and photos in the backyard and even just a sunrise from the backyard. And then one day I was like, nah, I've got to get up early and get out for the sunrise somewhere cool. So I just drove down to the local the local beach and just went to the classic you know, viewpoint uh, near the Wollongong lighthouse, just looking out over the ocean. And even getting up early for sunrise was a big deal because back then I started work at 8. I'd probably get out of bed at 20 to 8 clothes on, you know, I was just that was the type of person I was, you know, I just didn't really get up early or anything. And, um, yeah, so to do that, I was like, man, I've got to set the alarm for what time. And, but I drove down there, and yeah, that moment you mentioned, I remember just walking to the edge, um, and looking out over the sea. And then as the sun just, you know, just popped up over the horizon and you, all the clouds changed color, and I was just trying to obviously photograph it. And I just remember thinking in that moment, like, man, this, this is for me. This is, yeah, you know, it's it's probably hard to express in words, but it was just like you said that moment where you were like, yeah, this this is the path. There's something about this looking at this light, starting the day early with a purpose, and that was it. And then I, those first few years, I probably photographed 300 plus sunrises. In I just got hooked, you know, because it was a tool that helped me with my mental health, and it, so I was getting a nice you know, chemical release there by going and doing photography. So I latched onto it like a junkie pretty much. And I just loved it. And I wasn't happy with my photos. So I wanted to be better. So to get better, you could keep doing it. And then I'd go out and, okay, how do I figure this out? And it was just this good feedback loop round and round and round. And I just absolutely fell in love and fell in love with the exploration, just the area I lived in. I was looking at it through fresh eyes and I was going to – cliffs and rocky shorelines and just walking around headlands I'm like what's around the corner here and I was really fueled by that curiosity you know wanting to see what would I find because with landscape photography as you know the the smallest of details can be everything in a photo so especially on a coastal scene just a weird little channel where the water flows in or maybe a cave or whatever that can just make the world a difference in a photograph. So I just became addicted to the searching and just getting out and exploring. And yeah, it's incredible. And yeah, but that, that When you ask that question, that's always the first thing that comes to my mind. It's that sunrise and I've got the photos somewhere, you know, like this photo still exists, just pointing out straight, you know, just this real basic photograph. But to me, it was like, it, yeah, just this real pivotal point. Whereas I realized this, i got to do this as much as I can. <laughs>
0: Um, I think I had a similar moment and I shared with this with Dan, I think maybe in second episode. Um, I didn't have a camera back then, uh, but I borrowed it from my friend and she said, okay, you can have it. And this was my first time handling a DSLR and I didn't know what M and P and A words were back then on Mm -hmm. on the dial. And yeah. I was just playing with the, with it. And I just uh, ended up taking some pictures of a light and it yeah. just left a trail because it was a slower shutter speed and let a long exposure. And it just clicked with me. And yeah. after that, I got into it and I took one picture of a sunset. I'm into sunset. I don't know if you're, you're, into, you're a sunrise person. I'm a sunset person. <laughs> I took a picture of a sunset with a barbed wire and the sun's just setting behind the barbed wire. And I've, my focus is on the barbed wire. Um, and my grandfather, I showed it to my grandpa, and he had it printed and framed in his place. And to me, that was the biggest uh, validation I could have. And after then, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's it." Yeah, yeah that's and awesome, it, man. It's funny that you've always had that drive in you, but because if you didn't had that drive, you you would have lacked somewhere if you would have slowed down. But you didn't slow down. So mm. did you? take any classes any courses or were you learning off of youtube because that's what i did the traditional route is youtube and um how was your how was the learning like okay you realize this is what i'm gonna do but how did your learning go from then
1: yeah youtube wasn't this is back in 2011 late 2011 early 2012 Mm -hmm. youtube must was probably around but it just didn't even cross my mind to go on there for any you know wasn't even on the radar I'd <laughs> trial and error mainly uh tried reading books which is just so useless with photography in my opinion um but trial and error and then every now and then out on location you'd I'd bump into someone and back then photography was just so much rarer than what it is now. Um, The advent of social media has turned it into a much more common thing and improvements in technology has made photography more accessible to people. But yeah, going back 10, 12 years ago, um, it just wasn't so much the case. So yeah, bump into someone and it was like, oh wow, another photographer out here. And they, you know, you get a tiny bit of try this mate or try that. And in hindsight, a lot of it was probably not the best advice, but it was better than what I had at the time. So yeah, a few little things like that. And I had a friend who's a, he's a real estate commercial photographer. And um, there was one afternoon with him. He just showed me a couple of little things. He's like, oh, this is the light meter. And this is this. And just a few little revelations where I was like, ah, okay. And then a guy that I was using for doing my prints, he was like, oh, you're looking at the histogram. I was like, no, i never heard of that. And he, so just a few little things like that along the way, but So you combine that with the trial and error going out 300 plus days in a single year, you just really start to get pretty fast improvement. Um, But yeah, back then didn't even consider that you could learn from a pro or learn from a video. Just wasn't on my radar. Whereas now that's what I do for a living, you know, YouTube tutorials and online video courses and teaching in the field. So I'm doing, and I'm a big advocate for that because I know that, not, you know, it sounds biased because I'm doing it for a living. But, yeah, But if I envision being that beginner, I'm like, wow, that would have fast-tracked a lot of stuff. Just to have a day or a few days with someone who knew what they were doing, man, that would just save a lot of time. But, yeah, I just kind of did it the old-fashioned way. And, obviously, I wouldn't change anything. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of how – that's the way I did it anyway. It's a very different world we live in now, though. How easy you can learn. But there's a downside because there's almost – Information overload, um, and you can almost get too much coming in with differing opinions, and it can get a bit confusing. So, I'm still a pretty big advocate of just get out there and just start doing it, and then you'll start to figure out your own path.
0: Yeah, because I, 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 I think I completely agree because there's so much out there, and people will be like, Oh, um, 10 reasons not to buy this brand, and 10 reasons mm-hmm. this brand, and people like, what am i starting with and you know my friends ask me oh what's the best camera to start with and i always tell them it's not about the gear it's not about what you have in your hand it's about can you see the image first and can you see the perspective do you agree to that is it about perspective Uh, it is of course about gear as well i mean you can't make those masterpieces without a decent gear but
1: i always liken it to a car i say As long as your car can get you from A to B, that's all that matters, right? So as long as you have a camera that can take a photo, that's all that matters. That is the primary thing. However, some cars are nicer to drive than other cars. We can't deny that. You know, There's a difference between the Mercedes and the Holden Astra or whatever. Um, I'm not a car guy, but that's the easiest way for me to kind of break it down. So I feel like with photography, uh, like a chef, right? A good chef can make a meal no matter what tools he's got. But if you give him a really good knife and a really good oven and this, that, and the other, it's just going to be a nicer ride for him. It's going to be a nicer way to do it. It's probably going to be more efficient. Same with the car driving, same with photography. If you give me a 20-year-old camera, I'm confident I could go make an image that I'm proud of But if I can use the tools I use now, it's going to be a lot more enjoyable, a lot less work. And, you know, then the creativity can come through instead of worrying about the technical side so much. So I see, you know, what you mentioned there across all aspects, whether it's creative arts or anything now, there's that information overload. There's that obsession of what do I need to get the best results? And yeah, sometimes we just got to strip it back and just say, just use what you got, get a start. And then in time, you'll figure out you know, what what it is that you want. Do you want the holding? Do you want the forward? Do you want the whatever? (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's tricky, man, because we live in a timeline where the internet, you know, there's reasons why people put certain articles out and certain videos, there's agendas, there's clickbait, you know, there's all this other stuff. And I feel like something I've always tried to be big on with my teaching is just cutting through that and being like, look, here's my honest opinion. I use this because of this reason, Do I think it's best for you? Probably not. Maybe not. Here's the reasons why. And like, I'm, I don't like people wasting money on stuff they don't need to have. So I've always tried to be a bit of an open book when it comes to that type of thing.
0: So can I ask what kit you have right now?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I use Sony, Sony mirrorless, a seven R five, and then just a bunch of lenses. And I've kind of been using that like the Sony mirrorless lineup for 10 years. Um, kind of switched over to them when they first launched the first full-frame mirrorless. And back in 2013, it was a bit of a shock because Sony wasn't really paving the, you know, they weren't doing anything in the photography world noteworthy. Um, so everyone was like, why are you leaving Canon to go to Sony? Um, but I was just kind of going where the tech was and where the gear the was that was going to just make my life easier um, instead of needing to take three exposures to capture that range of light I was looking at. I could get it in one exposure just little things like that thankfully now we're at a point where i could happily use pretty much any camera brand no worries because through teaching i pretty much deal with all sorts of cameras and now finally the competition has all pushed each other to the top so there's no you can't really go wrong to be honest i always say to people as long as you've got a camera that's probably been made in the last five years then sweet. It's just going to be a smooth ride. I always liken it to like a phone or something. Like if you have a a smartphone that's been made in the last five years, it's probably a sweet phone. You go back a bit older than that, same as a laptop. It's probably a little bit clunky. That's just the rate of technology um, improvements that we're in now. But uh, yeah, it's a good time. Good time to be a photographer. Good time to be a creative. There's just so much choice, but it's just not letting yourself get too caught up. I always just say find someone that you enjoy, like you look up to in whatever it is you're interested in one or two people and then just kind of follow after them because if you keep looking at that whole spectrum of um you know people in the industry then of course you're going to get differing opinions and when you're learning that's the last thing you want so it's just dial in i like that guy i like that guy that musician that um artist cool what do they use okay sweet i'll just stick it out and go from
0: there um that was for the brands um what lens is your favorite and i'm I'm talking about the fo- focal length not the brand it doesn't matter the you know yeah. what it is um
1: yeah man i like to i like to use i use a pretty extreme range so i have like a 12 to 24 a mm. 28 to 75 and then a 100 to 400 so i can kind of shoot anywhere from 12 because the lens you've got on now is probably about 16 roughly the this measure.
0: is uh, There's a crop 30 uh, Nikon's 14 to
1: 30. Yeah, 14 to 30. So, yeah, the 12. I I do enjoy the wide, like the 12 to 24, just because I love incorporating the whole grand scene. But when you have a wide angle like that, you can still get really close to foreground out of something in front of you, but you're still able to capture the background as well. And where I live, you know, in Fiordland here in the South Island and just capturing mountain scenes in general, which is what I like doing, you know, you want to get sky, I want to get those mountains, but then I want to try to get the environment as well. And the wide angle really allows you to do that. Now, obviously you can do that with other lenses, but I just love getting close, you know, if it's ferns in the foreground or crashing waves or whatever it is. So I feel like the wide angle is probably 50% of my portfolio. The other fifty percent is they're not zooming in and using those tighter
0: focal lengths. I saw that. I thought. I thought either your wide angle or your telephoto, like either or. Yeah,
1: pretty much. Yeah, I could almost. I wouldn't get rid of the middle lens, no way, because I do use it a lot. But I feel like that would probably be the least used out of out of the three. But different tools for different jobs and different moments. At the end of the day, you know, like a lot of what I do is somewhat unplanned. It's just putting myself in the right place at the right time. Reacting to what nature's doing. And some days you won't put down that telephoto lens um, because it's just all atmospheric mountain light, um, zooming right in on these small details. And then other times might not touch that lens for a week. Um, so, yeah, it really depends. I just like to always have all three on me um, if I can. Yeah.
0: Do you prefer t- traveling light or traveling heavy?
1: Uh, it's just that balance of, you know, what am I doing? Where am I going? Is the, my mate sort of saying the other day, which I kind of liked, it was, is the, is the squeeze worth the juice? You know, you got to weigh up, is bringing all that extra weight going to be worth what I could get out of having it? um so obviously lighter is way more ideal so if i'm going hiking or something like that i'll instead of having two cameras with the three lenses um i'll just go one camera and maybe two lenses you know i'll leave one behind it's just not practical so i try to pre-visualize what am i trying to achieve um and then you just (laughs) it's always the way it's like uh, murphy's law the the one you leave behind is obviously the one that you end up needing but that's you just got to laugh at that stuff you know that's just all part of it so i it's good to be light, man. To be honest, it is nicer. Um, I like to just keep it light. Like I don't use a tripod and I just like to... I just want to be... I don't want to think about the gear. I just want to be out there actually just looking and observing and doing and not having to go, oh, hang on. I've got to go get this from the car or carry this out of the bag or whatever it is. So the lighter, the better. If there was an all-in-one thing, that would be awesome
0: for sure. Wow. How does... How does prints hold for you like what do you think about printing do you print your own stuff like do you print your own I can see in the background of course If uh you I think you're sitting at your workplace yeah.
1: in the office here yeah uh I don't print myself now prints man I always since day one have just sh- when I shoot I'm always shooting to the highest standard of quality I can um and I always think you know I want to back the work so if it had to be printed as big as a bedroom wall or a billboard I wouldn't have to hesitate so I've always carried that through to this day now printing uh, you know we live in a different timeline now where 20 years ago prints were a lot more valuable and sought after because if someone wanted to look at a nice picture they had to buy the print and put it on the wall at home these days if you want to look at a nice photo you pull the phone out you scroll uh, mindlessly for three minutes, and then you put the phone down and forget everything you looked at. That's just the timeline we live in, but it gives people less of a reason to go and spend money on a, a artwork to put on the wall. So it's from a you know a career perspective, prints is not something that you know I'm con- always thinking about and striving towards. It's just something that I try and, you know, when it comes to my work, I'm always still making sure that I can, you know, the quality is there to do that. Or if someone wants to license a photo, you know, I can say, yep, no worries at all. Years back, I had Apple license a photo and this is before I was doing photography full time and um they just emailed and said we saw this photo online we're interested in licensing and i thought it was a joke at first and there was a lot of back and forth emails and image checking and you know it was a bit of a waiting game and yeah eventually they did license it and it was one of the wallpapers on every laptop in the world um when they launched the yosemite ios and i, I just bring that up not as a flex but just as a, a point of why I adhere to that strict, you know, everything's got to be sharp. I don't want that, I, I don't want too much noise in the photo. Because I've, over the years, I've had people say, oh, it's only going on social media, it doesn't matter. But social media, that's your actual gallery these days. And that's where Apple found my photo back then. And, yeah, it could have been a scenario where, oh, sorry, that was just a social, you know, that's cropped in 80% or something ridiculous. Um, And thankfully that wasn't the case for me. So that's why I've always kind of stuck to that strict procedure with the quality. With prints, Um, you know, I do sell prints worldwide and I've got some galleries that represent me and things. But, yeah, like I said, it's it's not like a very lucrative thing. But I honestly think it's still to this day like probably one of the highest compliments you can get when someone says, no, I want to actually pay for that photo and I want to, Look at it every day in my own home. So I'm always thrilled, man, when someone, when a print order comes through, or we've got a local gallery here with a few artists, just like a a mixed artist gallery. And every month we sell a few pieces in there. And I'm just always like, oh, wow, you know, what a compliment. And yeah, it means a lot, man, to be able to do that. So even though it's not a big part of the business these days, not for me anyway. It's still something that you just, yeah, it's just like that giddy excitement. Like you said, with your grandfather, you know, printing, it's like, wow, man, like that's, that's pretty cool that they've gone beyond the screen or the compliment. It's just sort of that validation that sort of keeps you going as well. Yeah, exactly. The validation. Yeah. And it's like, you might not actually be consciously seeking it, but then it just pops up from time to time. And, and that does mean a lot, mate. Like as a, you know, I'm a pretty emotive guy, somewhat sensitive and, yeah it's like just every now and then someone goes out of their way you know and it's not much it doesn't take much it's just a comment you know an email and it's like wow that actually means a lot because we live in a timeline now where people we're all apparently busy and in a rush and it's like man someone took the time to like the photo to comment they've emailed me or dm'd me that just goes so far and yeah you get that validation you're like oh cool man like i am you know, yeah, it's it's hard to explain, isn't it? Like I said, you know, I'm not consciously seeking it, but it just keeps topping up the tank. You know.
0: I, have, I printed one of my. I have one image. It's a black and white uh, photo of a jetty. I'll show you in a sec, uh, William, and I'll love your critique on that as well. Um, it's a black and white jetty. And I printed it, and it, it looks beautiful. Um, do you have you do you have your own prints at your home?
1: I only do because um, sometimes I do a big batch order for the local gallery here and we'll obviously sometimes have too many than what we need. I just do that on purpose to save on shipping these big pieces in. So, yeah, I'll have some that we put on the wall here and they might sit there for a couple of weeks or whatever just on the wall and then eventually they'll just head to the gallery straight from here. Uh, I don't really like it, man, to be honest. I just... Oh, I, I just always critique them. <laughs> I look at them and I'm like, oh, probably would have done this a bit different or that. Like there's not one single image I've made where it's like, yeah, I love that. I, that's just always, it's always been the case for me. I think that's what keeps me actually uh, motivated because I'm not hundred percent satisfied. It's like, nah, I could always be better. And sometimes it's not even my fault. It's more the elements, the light, Um, you know, maybe it's a, not, a mountain scene and I'll look at it and think, Oh, but imagine if there was snow on the peaks or, you know, there's just always something that I'll find to critique the image. So yeah, I try not to really look at my own. I'd rather look at other people's work any day of the week.
0: (laughs) Before I dive into some technical questions about business or how to be, you know, how to be able to monetize um, that, I want to ask you this. There was a time during COVID when everything was slowed down and you got into that monotonous life and we have a full-time job, we do this, and you have a family and you, you know, uh, does the love for photography ever slow down? And if it does, it did for me. And what I did was I bought a 1947 Olympus OM-1, a fully analog camera. And I and I kept my mirrorless camera at the side and I took it out for a drive, the, the OM-1. And I loved it. I love taking uh, film shots and um, does the ever love, does the love for photography ever die for you or do you, you know, do you do anything to? Um.
1: Yeah. I remember when I decided to do this full time, it was like, man, I don't want to lose the love for it. Um, and thankfully it's been fine. The only time it did happen was yeah, probably halfway through the pandemic Yeah, about a year in because here in NZ, borders were shut really strict and I run workshops for a living. 90% of my clients come from outside the country so they couldn't come in and I was in a scenario where I had people book trips, leave deposits, kind of taking a lot of money from people and especially at the start of the pandemic, we didn't know how long the borders were shut so we were just basically income stopped for me and then we said to everyone on the books like, all right, let's just we're going to push everything back a few months and we made new dates and then three months would go by and it's like, Oh man, we're still shard. And, and you, you repeat that process across 12 months and then getting on to 18 months and no end in sight, like no, nothing from the government about this is when we're looking at, there was just no light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, Yeah, it was just that fueled with probably a few other things, a bit of the mental health stuff, slowly kind of getting back around, you know, a bit of the depression just creeping in, which hadn't happened in years. And uh, the remedy for me, I was in a scenario where I just didn't, I wasn't really getting outdoors as much because when I'm running these workshops and teaching and filming for YouTube, I'm out, man, I'm outside six days a week, pretty much like proper out looking at stuff that you're like, wow, you know, humbles you when you stop doing that 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 starts to take its toll and then I got to a point where I knew I oh, mean I got to get out there but I was lacking you know when you start to get in that mindset all you want to do is nothing you know it's this vicious cycle and I remember um finally I was like no nah, I need to get out now not even with the camera I got to get outdoors and I packed my camping gear and I went on a multi-day hike and man like the first 2 hours on this walk I just come across this waterfall and the light was in the perfect spot and it was hitting the mist coming off the waterfall and creating light beams, you know, like full Photoshop looking material. Mm-hmm. And instantly it was like, man, just, it was like that first sunrise, you know, it was just confirmation, validation, inspiration, bang, everything was back. And, and I, it was just a reminder to me, like, man, I just got to keep getting outdoors. Just being outside for me just does something that nothing else can, nothing else can fulfill that, you know, in my life. So yeah, but it's something that I get asked a lot because not everyone lives somewhere that's as beautiful as where I live. And it's it's a tough one, you know, it's hard. You want to, you have this creative thing that you want to do, especially like outdoor photography. It's like, well, you, you kind of need to be in front of something that's actually worth photographing. And that's a challenge for a lot of people. So I'd say, how do you keep yourself inspired and motivated and yeah fortunately for me I, and that's one of the one of the f- several reasons why i moved to a place like this was to be closer to you know such beautiful scenes um and nature and, and, and a source of inspiration really um but it is a tough one it's a tough one that i think all creatives doesn't matter what you do you, you're going to come up against that but you use if you can get through it I feel like that you use that as fuel to actually put into your work and hopefully make something bigger and better than what you had in the past. It's just all part of it. You got to channel that into your work, but yeah, it's a tough one, man, for sure. There'll be more times to come, no doubt, but I feel like for me, it's definitely, I just got to keep getting outside. No goal in mind. You know, sometimes photographers, we go, Oh, I'm going to go here and do ABC. I've learned over the years. Don't even set You'll set yourself up for failure or I was in a point where I was setting the bar so high that I'll just never go out. Ah, oh, no point. This won't happen. That won't happen. Maybe next week. Oh no, the weather's not right. And then next minute you're just not doing it. So that's why I just went out there and then bang nature's like, hang on. I, I can still do stuff here that you have no control over. And it just humbled me and made me realize, yeah, that's why I love this. It's that element of surprise being humbled by it.
0: <laughs> oh. William, um, I've never been to New Zealand. I've never been camping. But uh, I have a big, big uh, dream to be in New Zealand by end of this year. So um, if 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 there's a chance I can take you out for a drink, um, it'll it'll be awesome, man. But
1: man, absolutely sounds like a
0: plan. Reach out. I absolutely will. But I appreciate you so much, uh, being here on this podcast and saying yes to us. And thank you so much for your time. Um, and I wish you all the all the very best in future. I hope um this much more of Australia um, Aurora popping up because those pitches was awesome. And we really, really hope to have you on again whenever you're free next in future. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.